Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of the Black Case Diaries. Today is round four of the Princess March matchup. Woo! Yeah. yeah Get into Sorry, it. Sorry, lighted people. <clears throat> Get excited. We're recording uh, this really late. Yeah. This week's guest is my very own little sister, Becky. Say hi, Becky. Hi. Yeah. So, <laughs> there she is. Um, Marcy's drinking her wine of the week. Yes, Becky's I drinking am. whiskey. And uh, she's coming to help us out. We're recording a little late tonight because she works a late schedule. Right. So, we filled her up with some cheese sticks and some... Um, and a fr- soft pretzel. Yeah. yeah. A lot of really bad food. Some, <laughs> some food that's going to knock not, you not out. Not bad, but like bad for you. Right, right. But very delicious. Becky's a bit yeah. of, a, of a health person. So. Not really. Uh, well... Compared you, to me, I think. Were you a vegetarian or something? <laughs> oh, God, never. <laughs> anyway, let's just uh, All right, let's get let's, started. Let's begin. Like I yeah. said, this is round four, so if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, go ahead and do that, or you will be spoiled, <laughs> which is not as fun as hearing it correctly or whatever. <laughs> as not being spoiled. Yes. Anyway, let's begin with our first one, which now they're all matchups. That have been, that consist of winners. So these are going to be some weird, weirder matchups because we don't yeah, really what, get to. What are we going to talk about, guys? I mean, oh, well, I guess we got to tell <coughs> Becky about. We're going to make all things these, up, I guess. We're going <laughs> to wing it. All right. The first matchup is Elsa versus Belle. So we've talked about Elsa a couple times in our, you know, through the past podcast. Yes, this is the third time we're talking about her because yeah. she won the first two times. Yeah, she's been doing really well. We've only um, talked about Belle once. Yeah. 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 Do you want to start with Belle then? Yeah, let's start with Belle. Let's start with Belle. The beauty from Beauty and the Beast, obviously. Mm -hmm. Well, some of the things we mentioned last time, she's, you know, considered to be the smartest princess, I guess, or or portrayed as a a bookworm or a, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody who... who We're supposed to believe that she's the smartest. (laughs) Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, she gets kidnapped. At least and in then her she, town. Yeah, and then she's like, what's well, fine, guys, because he's got a library, you know? I mean. <laughs> right, that's what that's what tipped her over the edge. Right. To, to be okay with the beast. Like, well, shoot, Belle is a wonderful princess. We talked about how <laughs> she is kind of similar to Ariel, a very important princess in yeah. terms of Disney's repertoire. You know, the first animated movie ever to get nominated for Best Picture, as well as basically being the, the one-two punch that Disney needed to really right. come back out of the dark yeah. age. This was, when Beauty and the Beast came out, this was really what put Disney on top. This was the this was the moment where everybody was like, oh shit. Like, this is... <laughs> They're ha- not playing around. Yeah, they had game-changing animation in the ballroom scene, and, mm-hmm. you know, with the chandelier... I mean that still gives me chills when I watch it now. Yeah, that was such a that was such a big moment, you know, where they really they made the movie seem larger than life. <laughs> you know, they they had a princess that was so well written for the movie. And I think the last time we talked about her, uh, Haley chose Belle over Pocahontas, mm-hmm. which was a tough choice because Pocahontas is amazing. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the reasons that she was chosen by Haley was because of that moment earlier in the movie where that defining moment where she saves her dad. Right. She she gives up. She's, she's longing for a more exciting life, but even with the freedoms that she does currently have, she gives the, all of them up yeah. to save her father. Yeah. You imagine like the one thing you want in life is freedom. And then, and you're like... And, 17, 18. Yeah. And so you imagine like being so young and, you know, all you want in life is to get out of town, have adventure... You know, you rebuke the, literally like the the most handsome man in town. Uh, <laughs> you know, you have a very specific idea of your life, and then you throw it all away because mm-hmm. you want to save your dad. Mm-hmm. It's obviously a, a very big part of her character, mm-hmm. and shows so much about her. She's very d- distant, I guess, from from everyone in the town, and especially Gaston. But then you see that. She actually cares very much for her father, um, mm-hmm. even though he's having a hard time with his inventions. You know, he nobody really seems to like him yeah. in town. And he's doing the best <clears throat> he's he weird. can. She's weird. They're yeah. a weird family. I think another thing that's really important to talk about with Belle is not just that, but the fact that she is the beauty that falls in love with the Beast. She doesn't care about appearances. Mm-hmm. And she has a deeper understanding of other objects and 
people. Mm-hmm. You know, she goes into this castle and there are talking lanterns and clocks and she accepts yeah. this pretty quickly. It's really kind of admirable that she, you know, she starts talking to her armoire like like it's a like an old girlfriend, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. yeah. she has this overwhelming like compassion and kindness towards everything because uh, i believe the horse from her, you know that was carrying her father comes back and she like immediately knows something's wrong mm-hmm. she knows just by the way the horse is acting she just has like this the fact intuition that it's even there yeah and him. then the fact that she helps the beast like put yeah heals his wounds after he saves her oh, from yeah, those I forgot wolves. about that part and then the fact that she also is able to kind of like I think have you know birds and stuff like she has the seeds and stuff and they (laughs) so the typical like Disney princess with the birds around you kind of thing yeah she teaches him how to be better just by being herself Mm -hmm. and you know as a couple them together they are a a great couple because you know when you're with the person you're supposed to be with that person makes you better Mm -hmm. like without even trying you yeah. know, no, they don't have to change you. It's just that when you're with them, you become the best version of yourself. In the beginning of the movie, she's not actually, I mean, I'm not saying she's like mean, uh, but she is pretty dismissive of the people in her town because <laughs> she's walking around talking about how. There goes the baker with his tray, like yeah. always. Yeah, I mean, she's, it, she calls the town provincial, which is, yeah. it's not the nicest word. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and that's the thing. I mean, if that's her biggest flaw, then holy shit, she's a great person. <laughs> so, okay, she's going up against, obviously, a juggernaut because Elsa has yeah. knocked uh, everybody else oh, out. Yeah. yeah, two other Everybody else already. out. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so Elsa is a tough one to talk about for us uh-huh. because we're all so sick of her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's really hard looking at Elsa singularly without Anna. Mm-hmm. How does she stack up to Belle? She uh, is very level-headed, despite some of the crazy things she's had to go with through her childhood, basically hiding from everything and everyone. And yet, the, one of the first things she says to her sister, well, you can't marry somebody you just met. Are you stupid? <laughs> you know? So she, so she obviously has still has an understanding of the world. That's a good point. You know, she's locked up just as much as uh, Anna, if not more. Mm-hmm. And uh, Anna is so desperate for love that she falls in love with the first person that talks to her. <laughs> and Elsa's like, she's a- a- almost completely the opposite. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I suppose because Anna didn't, you know, have the uh, power that was mm-hmm. hidden. So she wasn't thinking about the same kind of things that Elsa would have been thinking about. Because Elsa... Is- had to be more closed in even more than Anna, whereas Anna was like, well, why aren't we out there? Like, <laughs> yeah. Right, and it is possible that Elsa being a little bit older when they were children before she had to hide her powers away kind of already lived a little bit of, yeah. you know, life enough to understand. Their or, age difference is the same, as, almost the same as me and Becky's. Yeah. Yeah, they have a three, <laughs> which one's which, they have a three year age difference. Well, oh, man. I'm the older one, so. <laughs> so you, <laughs> I mean, you have the secret power, Robin? No. Nope. No. No. <laughs> cut, cut that part. Cut, cut. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, you know, whereas Anna, when they were younger, maybe stayed, kept some of that uh, naive nature as she grew up, you know, um, before the, the whole thing with their parents. The whole time during her song, she's like, come on, what, you know, what's going on? She doesn't understand. She didn't want to say no to her sister. She no. wanted to play with her, you know? Yeah. Obviously, yeah. they wanted to, she wanted to spend time with her. It just, you know, she was told that no one would accept her. Mm-hmm. And that the very knowledge of her powers to Anna would hurt Anna. And I, yeah. More than she already was hurt. Re- yeah. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Like, what, would her brain freeze again? Yeah, the moment she heard about the ice powers, her brain freezes <laughs> that, again. I mean, obviously that's not true, because she finds yeah, out about him. Yeah. Right, she that, lives that troll guy amount, lied. And... Yeah. The, the scene where they meet, um, after the coronation, I believe it is, when they have the dinner and everything, yeah. like, they, they, like, hug each other, and they're so excited. Yeah. So it's like, you can see that love is there, that... Yeah, they bond really well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was nothing really... It was like no time had 
passed weirdly, even though yeah. lots obviously had. And I, th- I think one of the biggest points with Elsa that we brought up before, too, was that not only is she misunderstood, she probably didn't have a chance to mourn her parents mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. her parents died and she was still locked in that room. Yeah. She wasn't with El- Anna, who, I mean, also had to mourn them alone, but at mm-hmm. least she got to go to the funeral. Mm-hmm. I mean, my guess is, is it it's likely that Elsa would come out for dinner or, or yeah, we're in the I gloves. mean, maybe she, right. Maybe she was at the funeral for a minute, but, or, but maybe not because she couldn't control her powers. We discussed that the powers mm-hmm. are kind of emotion driven. Um, but there's no, yeah, like you said, there's no way that she was in the room 24 mm-hmm. seven. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. She would have lost complete touch with everything. And she would have been a nutcase when she finally came out. Especially right? if there was no bathroom in that. Room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She just freezes her pee. <laughs> Sends it out the window. Number two is a different story, though. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) but um, but yeah, there's real life problems. There's no way that she was in there twenty four seven. But when she did come out, she was probably very. Anna would be like, "Oh, what? Now that you're out of your room, what? what, You want to do something?" And she was like, "No." Watching Belle and Beauty and the Beast, Belle has an advantage mm-hmm. in the sense that we really get to know her personality and her character yeah. based on the things that happen to her. But in Frozen, we see Elsa and these very compromising, mm-hmm. scary situations that she kind of has to handle. Mm-hmm. We, she doesn't get a chance to be super nice and kind and sweet and soft. Yeah. She doesn't get an opportunity. Right. You know, the moment that they find out about her powers, she mm-hmm. flees because everyone reacts the way she feared they would. Mm-hmm. And then while she's up there, her sister visits and she's like, oh, oh my God, no, mm-hmm. look, I can finally be myself. <laughs> like, I can finally, you don't understand. I, you know, my own parents told me to conceal who I was mm-hmm. and I couldn't, I, I couldn't talk to my sister. I couldn't have a life because of these powers. And now finally I'm free mm-hmm. and you want me to go back? <laughs> Come on back. But <laughs> yeah. she didn't realize, or it doesn't click with her right away that. How much pain yeah elsa Mm -hmm. could be in you know yeah and and that pain and that fear is what caused the snowstorm and then like this fucking witch hunting crew shows up with crossbows (laughs) Mm -hmm. out of nowhere you know and they're like oh no you have to come back because you know snow reasons (laughs) but the other thing i wanted to talk about is that um we talked about the animals within beauty and the beast a little bit but Elsa really, except for the ones that she created, I don't think she really... Olaf, yeah. Yeah, she, yeah that's... she didn't really interact with any, you she know, She doesn't really real have an animals. animal sidekick. That's yeah. an interesting point, because really, Anna doesn't either, if we want to just mention her. Yeah, that's it's I mean, Sven is the only... Right, and, yeah. and he's, you know... He's Kristoff's. He's Kristoff's pet, mm-hmm. so... Frozen broke molds in a lot of yeah. ways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no true villain song. I think the villain song is a mixture of the first time in forever mm-hmm. and Elsa's part in that song. You because, mean the, like the duet mm-hmm. that they do the, when, the uh, with Anna and Elsa because mm-hmm. she's doing that like conceal don't feel melody underneath yeah. Anna's mm. upbeat and that yeah. you know that's kind of the the I guess the darkest tone song in the movie. Right. Let it go was supposed to be a villain song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then oh. they just like the the writers who wrote the song thought about how like uh, misunderstood her character was and how like nice it would be to finally be free and be able to use her powers and they wrote that song and then it kind of changed the whole plot of the movie yeah probably for the better honestly right (laughs) otherwise she would have just been a villain obviously that choice that choice was such a uh, such a great idea talking about elsa just as a person she has that moment on the ice when she's about to get killed where she's just like, I mean, she's about, she feels, she seems very defeated. Yeah, right? it seemed mm-hmm. like she was just going to give up. Obviously, they were right. They were right about me this whole time, you know. And then Hans is like, sword. Yeah. <laughs> you, you guys remember? So- you guys remember that when that happened? <laughs> he said it out loud. And he's <laughs> like, ha, sword. <laughs> <laughs> as, so, as all villains do, you know, right before they strike. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, Becky's got a pretty big task. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Choosing between mm. Belle, the compassionate, smart princess who would do anything for her father, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, and very the ice queen, loving yep. and yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and the snow queen. <laughs> 
helps. Yeah, she's still loving and compassionate. For she do anything mm-hmm. for her sister. She just yeah. showed them in different ways. Mm-hmm. She exactly. didn't know that she was going to set off winter everywhere. Yeah. yeah she, <laughs> right. She didn't know that it happened when Until Anna came, and then came up. Told her, and then she's like, oh, no. And it scared her even more. I'm a fuck up. And well, then great. She, I think she said that in the movie, too. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm a fuck up. The uncut, uncut version. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what I fucking do. I would love that. I'd love a little soundbite of Idina Menzel saying, I'm a fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> she's never You mean Adele Dazeem, right, Robin? Adele Dazeem. That's right. That's right. Let it go, guys. Yeah. It was a mistake. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never forget. Oh, my God. So, Becky, I, I just, you know, I want to bring it back to Belle, too, because I don't want to make it feel like we really favor one over the mm-hmm. other. Because yeah. I don't no. envy Becky for having to make this choice. No, these have been, all been tough. <laughs> they're both, because they're from different decades, they're both groundbreaking movies, and they're both groundbreaking characters in different princesses in different ways. Although I'm sick of Frozen, I'm going to say Elsa. Oh, shit. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Becky, that is a really... Why Why do you choose Elsa? Um. Well, I mean, obviously they both face their own adversities in different ways, but I feel like Elsa had a lot more to deal with and a lot faster of a time frame yeah. than Belle. I mean, I'm. it's not very <clears throat> clear how, like, what the time frame was for Belle, but with Elsa, it was kind of within a mere amount of months. And she had to deal with, and then on the day of her coronation, everyone found out her powers, and then she had to run away. And then her right. entire life, she grew up shut in because her parents told her that nobody, that her powers were dangerous and that she wasn't safe around other people. As a result, when she grew up and she ran away, she wasn't able to control them. So, so for you, what it is, is that because of, because of the things that she had to face and overcome, to me, what makes a great character is the adversities that they overcome. Yeah, and absolutely. I think that Elsa overcame a lot more adversity. All right. yeah. Becky, Fantastic. Becky, that's a great choice. Yes. You did a really good job. Remember, we like to remind everyone there's no wrong answers, too. So don't, <laughs> I mean, we just like giving people shit sometimes. <laughs> Except for Jacob. No, I'm just kidding. He was no, on, no, no, no. Yes, Jacob. <laughs> he was on the show and like with with everyone else, Anthony and um, Haley and Haley. Becky were all like, oh, there's no wrong answers. But when Jake was on the show, we were like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> you can, chose that can one. You be- I can't believe you, Jacob. But, but Jacob's the kind of person who can take it. Because <laughs> he, he won't care. Yeah, yeah, no, he does not. He he's, doesn't care. He still doesn't care. So. Yeah, Jacob actually also picked Elsa. He's the first. He was the first mm-hmm. one that she went up against. So. Wow! So she's been chosen three times now. Elsa might win it, guys. Gotta Even make though she's a queen and not a princess. Yeah, was, she started. <laughs> Don't out talk as a about princess. it. She started out as a princess. <laughs> yeah, though. right. Within the movie, she yeah. um, was a princess. So a lot of them become queens later. All right. All right. <clears throat> Next, Snow White versus Tiana. <clears throat> I wonder what her actual name is. Because it's definitely not Snow White. They just call her that. That's a good question. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> what is her actual name? Isabel. Well, <laughs> I don't know. All right. I don't know. She's supposed to be like Dutch or whatever, right? <laughs> right. I mean, honestly, I, I thought it Frau was Snow because it was like Snow White and Rose Red, right? Weren't they I think so. the two together? Uh. <laughs> Snow White is um, obviously from the first ever full-length animated movie. And Tiana is from Disney's last two-dimensional full-length animated movie. Snow White is, because of the movie that she's in and the way that she's placed in that movie, she doesn't have a whole lot to do. And she doesn't have a whole, you know what I mean? She doesn't have a whole lot to say. She basically kind of just has to wait around for things. There, You know, she makes great choices. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, she runs when she's told mm-hmm. by the huntsman. <laughs> uh, that's a good choice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, she... She's loving, obviously. She takes care of the seven dwarves. Yep, she's a great worker. Yeah. She does not mind the fact that she used to be a princess. And then suddenly she's got to be like a, a, mm-hmm. a den mother to like seven tiny men. So she's humble. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't mind. You know, but with Tiana, um, especially because of the movie that she's placed in, Tiana has to be a very active character. And Snow White is a little, quite a bit more passive. Mm-hmm. Tiana has to really, I mean, everything, especially because she doesn't start out as a princess mm-hmm. like Snow White does. Tiana has almost, she has zero interest in a prince. Mm-hmm. Whereas Snow White literally sings a song called Someday My Prince Will Come. <laughs> and Tiana is totally 
focused on her work. She's totally focused on her own dreams and her own goals. And she works so hard. And Snow White works hard, too. She's got lots mm-hmm. of weird animal help. Um, yeah. I would never use a deer's nose to dry dishes or whatever it is that they do <laughs> in that movie. But she uh, she still does a lot of work. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Tiana, far and away, mm-hmm. does so much mm-hmm. more. More on the level with, like, Cinderella, but... Yeah. You yeah. know, for, for her own reasons. And I, I think the other different thing about them is that Snow White, the story is focused more on her, like the, the queen, the evil queen, is, you know, hates her basically because she's more beautiful. So she's more central to the story. I think Tiana is kind of just like brought into it. Like, I mean, it wasn't even about her really. It was about the prince mm-hmm. and like, you know, taking his likeness. As I was watching clips and everything of it again uh i remember or i i I was noticing how it's kind of it reminded me of ariel because there's this you know medallion that um is taken and makes it so that they can take the prince's likeness or something which reminded me of how ursula you know has this Uh, you know the medallion that takes the voice Mm -hmm. yeah but instead of it taking hers, it's actually the prince's. I mean, it's a little different, but it's interesting how they bring other story elements into this Princess and the Frog. The really fun thing about Princess and the Frog is that you are kind of, you know, Tiana, you obviously, the movie starts with Tiana and you're following Tiana. But what it is, is for a minute, it starts to feel like you are following the prince and he falls into quite a predicament. Uh, he becomes a frog and yes. he needs to find a princess, right? <laughs> and so she is like, she becomes a solution to a problem, right? Mm-hmm. So he's, so he's going through this whole, the whole situation. He finds his solution. And then when she gets dragged into the issue, instead of her just being a passive, you know, princess, woman, whatever. Along for mm-hmm. the ride. Yeah. She becomes the story, but she, she becomes something that really helps him achieve his goal mm-hmm in a much bigger way than her just being a pawn or than mm-hmm. her, you know, and that, that's what's, it was such a really, it's a really good story. And I, I love the way that it's intertwined that way. But one thing we, we can't forget we mentioned it with, um, with Belle being a very important princess to the whole scheme of Disney. I mean, Snow White is the one that started all of it. Yeah. So without her, the rest of them, would not be a thing without snow white there wouldn't be animated films right though i mean we could say that Mm -hmm. if if she had been drawn then someone else would have at some point but we don't know that it was she was somebody that you know audiences back in 1937 connected to Mm -hmm. somebody they could watch um she has a very interesting voice it is really hard to watch the movie through the scope of somebody in 1937 going to the theater and seeing it for the first time, for the first time, an animated, a full-length animated film. So if this film hadn't been what people needed and craved at the time, then there, this wouldn't have, you know... Taken off. We like wouldn't be did. talking about yeah. this stuff right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So thanks, Snow White, for this podcast. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Becky... What up? Well, it's not really fair because Snow White was, you know, in the 1930s, they were a little bit more focused on animating the movie than probably the actual character mm. construction and That's a good point. storytelling. So I feel like Tiana has a lot more of a character. And especially since, you know, in the original storyline of what The Princess and the Frog is, it was focused more on the prince finding a princess to kiss him. I feel like Tiana should win. Okay. Um, she's yeah. a lot more driven, a lot, not not as passive, a lot more focused, and she did not just passively follow the prince around and be like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 She had a goal and she he went for it. He had to work for it. <laughs> it. It could have easily been like a, an Aladdin movie. Mm-hmm. Where they, yeah. where she's kind of in the background. Obviously, is still still a uh, a major character and a 
they could have followed mm-hmm. the prince for the whole movie, but yeah. they decided to kind of flip it on its head. Mm-hmm. And I, I also, I feel a little bit bad for Snow White. I feel like maybe we, we did, you know, <laughs> weren't as kind about her this time around. But she is a, a huge icon. She was the first one to show people that, you know, people are are not only interested in animation. They're also interested in princesses and their stories. Mm-hmm. And for her to have started that, she must have been an endearing character that people really did connect to. Yeah. And she did make it into our Elite Eight. Hey, Robin, do you like podcasts? I sure do. Oh, well, if you like the Black Case Diaries. Well, that's all right. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> if you like the Black Case Diaries, let me tell you something. Uh, this is going to change the way you listen to podcasts. Uh, we discovered a free app called PodCoin that literally pays you to listen to podcasts. You can listen to your show or any of your favorite podcasts and earn PodCoins while you listen. And then you can use that PodCoin to exchange it for valuable rewards like Amazon and Starbucks gift cards or even donate that PodCoin to charity. Download PodCoin in the App Store or Android and use a special code BLACKCASE, all caps, to get 300 PodCoins just for signing up. Check out PodCoin today. All right, I will. Actually, I already use it. Oh, there and you go. Great. And it's great. I love it. Perfect. So, Marcy, I think you use yes, it too? Yes, I am on there now well, too. Well, force Becky to use it now. <laughs> yes. Just kidding. She doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> so the next matchup? Yeah, the next mm-hmm. matchup that we're going to talk about is Ilanwi versus Ariel. All right, Ilanwi. Woo. We haven't talked about her. Well, we actually have. <laughs> I mean, this she's is, won twice now. Yeah, she yep. is like Elsa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's been breezing through the bracket. She made it through the first round and the third mm-hmm. round. So Alonwi is. I mean, I feel like we've really established who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time, first first two times we talked about her. Mm-hmm. Alonwi is not an official Disney princess. Some of the princesses on our list are not official coronated princesses. However. Alanwi is in a, a Disney animated classic. She is a princess. She's called a princess throughout the film. Right. She's from the Black Cauldron, and she helps Taryn defeat the Horned King. Taryn very likely would have failed alone, you know, despite having the special sword and everything and being, you know, somewhat mm-hmm. brave. But he didn't know his way around the castle. No. You know, he didn't know the first thing about the Horned King when he arrived. You know, so without Ilanwi's help, it would have, he would have probably fallen flat and then the she, king would have had the pig and... She kind of even led him to the sword. True. Yeah, because if she hadn't come into his little, like, dungeon area space and been like, oh yeah, no, sure, you can come follow me, uh, <laughs> then, you know, he probably would have just ended up staying in there. Uh, but she kind of takes him through like the catacomby type looking areas yeah. and stuff, and he kind of goes off and finds the the grave site of this old sword master or knight, something think, or knight. Maybe. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and just takes his sword. So yeah, uh, when Taryn first meets Alonwi, uh, he's been captured by the Horned King and he's being held prisoner. And she comes across him as she is. Effortlessly escaping from the Horned King. She (laughs) is smart. She is capable. She has no problem getting out. And she's like, you know what? I guess you could tag along if you're feeling it. I mean, whatever. (laughs) And the thing about Alonwi that I think that everybody really, like, really attaches to is the fact that she was home free. There was no reason for her to help Terran defeat the Horned King. She just felt like it. She could have gone mm-hmm. home to yep. her kingdom. She didn't care. I mean, you know, she just, honestly, she was, she was a great help. He, you're, you're right. He probably would have failed without her. Very mm-hmm. likely. Um, but yeah, even having known him for such a short time felt like it was the right thing to do. Um, not only for him and for herself, but you know, potentially thinking about her being a princess, potentially thinking about the rest of the people of the kingdom that we don't know the, where it is or anything, but um, thinking about the future of if Terran fails and the Horn King succeeds, everyone is screwed. Terran likes to think of himself as the hero. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, but like we just said, without Alonwi's help, he's probably not going to... No, she's not going to work. Her out. Of Black Cauldron. 
Yeah, she's the unsung hero. That's a really that's a really good way of putting it, Becky. Yeah, mm-hmm. she is like Hermione. <laughs> she's the smartest one around, mm-hmm. and yeah, she has great ideas. She has no problem um, taking credit for her ideas, which she should. What do you guys want to say about Ariel? Well, we've we've said quite a few things about Ariel already as well. Um, we talked extensively about her in round two. Yes, um, but some of the important bullet points. Um, she basically saved Disney, you know, yeah. from utter destruction. Yeah, she's not the hero. Not only the hero of her film, she's mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. the hero of the Disney Renaissance. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also talked about how she knew what she wanted, wasn't going to take anything from anybody else. But another good bullet point of hers is that she's very uh, goal driven. She has what she knows what she wants, and she goes for it, and she doesn't really care what others have to say or or want right Mm -hmm. you know she has no knowledge real knowledge of the human world she has a goal which is a strange kind of goal um she meets a man and she falls in love with him immediately like (laughs) she sees him he's just so gorgeous (laughs) as you do sees him from the water she saves his life you know uh, and that's great. She's a she's a rescuer. He would have died without her. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know she's kind of like, okay, I have a plan. She formulates this plan. It is not very well carried out. She makes a huge mistake <laughs> by having Ursula right when her father, I guess, apparently always had the ability to just give her legs. That always bothered me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he didn't. He... At the end of the movie, I know he didn't want to, yeah, but I was like, yeah. damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, like you, your your daughter went through all this shit. Yeah. You know, yeah, you could have, she could have just kept trying to convince him. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, there, she sees something that she connects to more than the life that she already has. So she takes a gigantic risk. She goes to the sea witch. She signs her name without reading the terms and conditions, which we all do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. We all. I do. I mean, it. who hasn't? <laughs> And then she's on land. She's got three days to get this guy to kiss her without being able. So she's got a massive challenge on her hands. She knows how to sign her name, but I guess nothing else because she could just write it down. I mean, whatever. We're going to look past that. Um, <laughs> I mean, who knows? Did they really? Uh, well, of course, I guess the Sea Witch did do. I mean, she drew up a whole contract. So obviously, they <laughs> yeah, have to maybe be able they to have write. their own language, but she speaks English. I don't know. You know what? We're not even going to think about it. We're just going <laughs> to we're going to look past that. Um, but she takes a massive risk. And that risk being that she trusted herself enough to be able to go onto land, to learn how to walk, to learn the customs of the people, and to achieve her goal, you know, and she doesn't give up literally to the very last second of the movie. He is on a ship marrying somebody else, and she fucking jumps in the harbor. You know, she's a mermaid now. (laughs) (laughs) She jumps in the harbor, and she's like, no. She really does grow up throughout the movie. It is, when you're comparing her to Alonwi, too, and this is, we're getting down to the elite, we're in the elite eight, yes. we're getting down to the final four, and when you're looking at these princesses and you're, the movies, you have to, like, think, man, with Alonwi, we gotta fill in a lot of blanks. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, though, we do know that she's brave, and we know that she she sacrificed, obviously, ju- not just her time, but she could have been killed. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, there were arrows flowing, flying at both of them. <laughs> yeah, the Horn King is a bad dude. Yeah, he is not nice. Yeah. Uh, I like how you said that. <laughs> like the video I game, bad dude. dudes. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine trying to escape a place? Like I would be like looking over my shoulder and stuff all the time. I'd be like, oh my god, oh my god. I oh imagine god, myself oh my god. in any of these movies, and I'm just like, wow, these women rock. I know, right? Because like I don't, I don't think because I... <laughs> she's just like walking around like nothing's wrong. <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, yeah she's like whatever okay. this is fine i'm like 11 you know <laughs> it's like, just a typical tuesday for me. <laughs> no yeah. way am i, I gonna live, die i live in medieval times i mean who cares yeah <laughs> i almost died yesterday it's nothing new yeah seriously this is an everyday occurrence for me ariel starts out very young and naive mm-hmm. and then you know it's her persistence and her belief in herself mm-hmm. that really brings her through the movie and causes her to grow up mm-hmm. so good point yeah i think one of the other the things that people are drawn to about the little mermaid is her curiosity you know she is amazed by 
everything and anything that she finds from this other world. And I think a lot of people can relate with that, especially when they want to learn about another culture or another place in the world. You know, you're so curious as to, like, the different kinds of utensils they use or, you know, the way they dress or all sorts of things that another culture does. So I think that's another important layer to The Little Mermaid. Yeah. And it's interesting. You you mentioned earlier how she has she doesn't really have any real knowledge of it. You know, she starts combing her hair with a fork on land and stuff and they're all like, What the hell are you doing? <laughs> um and you could A dingle could, hopper. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You can imagine um how the one I, I usually um kind of liken it to is uh chopsticks. You know, oh. it's something that we see every once in a while, um, but they're not that we don't know how to use them, but mm-hmm. we're just not used to I it. I mean, I'm not good at it. Right. <laughs> none of us, none of us are very good at it. You know what I mean? And Speak it's kind for of, yourself. And March well, is pretty good. <laughs> well, you probably, you had to learn to do it, right? You didn't yeah. just pick it up and it worked, right? Like a fork, we've, it's just what we've had our whole lives. Yeah. You know, whatever they would eat with at, at Atlantis, we never see that, but... You know, um, it's something used to and doesn't even know the first thing about it on land. And it's, yeah, it's a really relatable thing. She was so sure of herself that she was willing to give up her strongest talent in order to get what she wanted. She wasn't afraid to fail and she wasn't afraid to look stupid. Everyone told her that it was the stupid choice. She did it anyway. And she did fail. She turned back into a fish. Yeah. <laughs> and she had but no she voice. she didn't give up. At, at the end, too, again, where she, you know, gets her legs back from her from her dad. And, you know, he has a really big moment, right? So she teaches her own father when, you know, at the very end of the movie, he realizes, like, what, who was I to decide what's best for her? You know, I'm, I get it. She's 16 years old, so I mm-hmm. totally understand why he was <laughs> like, nah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> nah. I mean, yeah. Well, she was his youngest daughter too. Yeah. Judge, what do you what do yeah. you think? Yeah. I, I feel like we did we did them both justice, right? I, I think, think so. so. Okay. In the movie that Alan Wee was in, if she wasn't in that movie, her character was absent. Their defeat against the Horn King would not have been as plausible. Um, she definitely, if without her probably would not have made it and ariel they're both brave characters they're just brave in different ways ariel was not ashamed of who she was and what she wanted she was not afraid to look stupid in front of everyone that she knew she went after what she wanted and even if she failed she still went after it and she eventually got it the villain in her movie was killed not by her, but by somebody that she at least influenced. Um, <laughs> With Ursula's death, she set free all of those people that were imprisoned by her. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. poor unfortunate souls. <laughs> so sad. That's true. Indeed. But true. <laughs> but ultimately, it but is yours. But Alonely, she did it just because she knew that it was the right thing to do. She didn't have any reason to defeat the Horn King. She could have gone back. As you said, she could have gone back to her own kingdom. I'm going to go with the Lonely. All right. Oh, nice. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Man, these... Oh, there's a couple uh, sharks out there in the waters yeah, here. Yeah, I know. I. It's uh, It's sad that her movie's not more known. Yeah. It didn't have to do as well in the box office, but... It's very, very true. Definitely mm. go check out The Black Cauldron. <laughs> yeah. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one day, I mean, maybe maybe one day when we're a really famous podcast mm-hmm. and uh, people <laughs> listen to us... Tomorrow. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe Disney will uh, coronate her as an official Disney princess. Right. It's yeah. It's really is a shame. If the movie had done better, I think she would be on the list. Mm-hmm. All right, the last one of this oh, episode. Good job. Oh, thank your you, obligatory Becky. good job. It's hard to make mm-hmm. these choices. Yes. So thank you, Becky. Uh, the last one we have is Ada versus Rapunzel. 
This is probably the weirdest matchup we've yeah. ever had. On well, this. and you're going to have to try a lot harder because I don't remember a bug's life that well. All right. Okay, <laughs> here we go. All right. So we talked about Ada um, in round one. So one of the points uh, that we made was that she starts out very kind of, you know, nervous, naive, uh, stressed out about her responsibility that she's been given dealing with the entire colony during harvest season. Whereas towards the end of the movie, she's kind of um, matured, relaxed, and become much more confident in her um, royalness, you know, making decisions and, and trusting Flick and the other bugs around her to um, to beat the grasshoppers. Uh, the thing that we really pointed out about Ada, she's special apart from the other princesses, because uh, we actually get to see her rule, and we see the day-to-day pressures of it, and we see how much of an undertaking it really is to be in charge and to be the heir to a throne, and of so many, I mean, in this case, ants, but so many different people. She's, you know, the fate of all the ants on the island really rests on her shoulders. And when you're a child watching this movie, it's really easy for you to side with Dot and Flick because you're like, well, why isn't she paying attention to Flick? He's got such great inventions. He's really smart. Why is she just writing him off? And the reason she's writing him off is because um, there's a system and that system works. And if she fails, if she trusts the wrong person and the wrong thing happens, then everybody will die. Because the grasshoppers will show up and they will smash everybody. Which probably won't actually happen, but that's what she thinks is going to happen. Because, I mean, the grasshoppers are going to give up the fact that the ants are working for them for food. So they probably never would smash everybody. But they would smash Mm -hmm. a few, including the queen. Yep. Yeah. So she beat Dot and Nala. But Mm -hmm. if you go back and listen to round one, (laughs) um, some of the points... Oh, okay. <laughs> Flip me the bird. Well, yeah. Well, the bird is the villain of this movie. The bird now, is the villain. <laughs> it's kind of like a secondary, like passive villain, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, right. but we did we do talk about how how Dot has um, a lot of great characteristics in her own way, kind of being, you know, uh, what's the word, supportive of Flick and all that stuff. Um, but but like you said, uh, Ada is not necessarily unsupportive or whatever the word would be non-supportive of flick yeah but like you said she needs the she needs it to succeed with no risks she takes the most likely path yeah. to to success um and, and it would have worked out if not for the events of the movie, obviously things, right. things go wrong. And, and the moment that she trusts Flick, she trusts him full on. Right. And she becomes a real leader. She steps up. She tells everybody what to do. She's more confident. And uh, that's a really tough thing to do. She goes through a metamorphosis of sorts um, <laughs> in the movie. And that's, you know, really, it's always great to see a character change, right? And... We also see that with Rapunzel. Rapunzel starts out very similar to Ariel, um, naive. Mm-hmm. And uh, she just kind of wants something very simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that's honestly achievable. She mm-hmm. just wants to see the lights. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's all yeah. she wants. Simple, simple thing. Mother Gothel obviously keeps her from doing so because she knows that the moment that she goes out into the world and starts talking to people, she might realize there's a princess missing. Huh. And uh, she's got blonde hair. She looks strangely yeah. like me. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, yeah. Probably so, about my age, too. What? Yeah, gee, that's so weird. She's been missing for 18 years. I'm 18. Teen. They sent mm. out the lights on her birthday. That's my birthday. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I feel like, you know, it, it wouldn't it have taken long. Yeah, oh. um, and that's why Mother Gothel obviously doesn't let her get out of the tower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Rapunzel... I believe uh, Haley chose Rapunzel over Jasmine, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because of the change that Rapunzel goes through in the movie. And she, and she's so trusting mm-hmm. of Mother Gothel. She's trusting of, honestly, everybody uh, in the film, despite the fact that the one person that she trusted most and that she loved the most manipulated her, 
betrayed her. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the film, ultimately, she has to watch that person die before her very eyes. She does go through a bit of an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> right. Um, it's tough. Uh, it's tough. It's tough for her to have to turn on Mother Gothel. Because wouldn't it be tough to do that for any of us? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. If it's the per- the only person you've ever known and thought was your mother the whole time. Well, it's kind of, I mean, a lot of people say that Beauty and the Beast is like Stockholm Syndrome. But I think that the movie Tangled is a lot more like Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. Long term like, Stockholm Syndrome, yeah. Right. Like, she doesn't even know that she was kidnapped or whatever, but like... The reason that she's so afraid to go outside is because Mother Gothel told her that there were so many, like, Everybody will pe- be after yeah. you. Everybody, scary people, people will not accept you, men with pointy teeth, the plague, you know? <laughs> and, you know, there's so many things to fear outside. You know, you're safe with me, I love you, you know, I'm all you'll ever need. That's classic right. abusive manipulation. Right, mm-hmm. kind of similar to a Frollo and Quasimodo, right? Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. When you think of you know, yeah, the, that... the world is cruel. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm your only friend. Mm-hmm. You have that that abuse and that manipulation mm-hmm. that she endured I'm the for only so one long. That treats you well. Yeah. You're so lucky to have yeah. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You kind of see that she does have. She does care about Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. There is there is part of her that does love Rapunzel. You know, mm-hmm. she she goes out for her birthday to get like her favorite food or her favorite snack and you know, to get more her more paints to keep her happy and keep her occupied. But this is something that it's more like, you know, well aren't you you know, well I don't understand. Why aren't I good enough? Because look, hey, I get you your favorite foods, I get you your mm-hmm. favorite you know, it's like it's it adds more to the manipulation, even though she does mm-hmm. kind of you, you can kind of see it. There's even in like the animation of her, she kisses her head, not her cheek or her forehead. She kisses her hair. You know, she loves a, the power oh, that the hair that's that a has. Good point. She doesn't love Rapunzel. Yeah. It's a very big deal that Rapunzel had to go through this, thinking that Mother Gothel is the only one who would care for her at all. Um, and once finally figuring out what Flynn is about and, you know, beginning to trust him over the course of the movie, because originally I think they just leave the tower because, like, you take me to see the lights and I'll give you this bag. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but uh, eventually growing to trust him and kind of beyond that, like you mentioned, trusts everybody. Yeah. Um, very naive to that. Um Similarly to the way Ariel is very yeah naive and, and immediately kind of in, in and, is engulfed in in the land culture yeah and Rapunzel like her goal is so innocent she just wants to see the lights yeah and we've said it before she probably would have just returned it's really Flynn that shows her that there's more to the world even just beyond what she just wanted there's more mm-hmm. and uh, the thing about her thing about Rapunzel is that when she comes down, this is like the biggest thing I when I think of her, when she comes down from her tower for the first time, she doesn't need to be rescued. She goes down just because she wants to. Mm-hmm. She could have left at any time. She just kind of hops down. She uses her hair. Um, there was really no, the only thing keeping her back, holding her back, was the manipulation and the trust the trust that she had with Mother Gothel and, and how manipulated she was and mm-hmm. tricked into believing that she was her mother and that she loved her and she knew what was best. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that the instant she left the tower, people would be after her yeah. to hurt her. And even even with that belief, that I mean, that belief that has been pounded into her head, she still leaves. Mm-hmm. And she, yeah. she so desperately wants to see the light. She has a, a dream... That, um, you know, is so achievable. There's that whole montage where she feels guilty about leaving. Oh, true. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She flips, she flips back between, you know, oh, this is so great. Oh, this is so terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad I left. Oh, I'm why did I leave? a terrible person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, being able to deal with that shows her depth as a character. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a very real thing. 
-hmm. and, it, and it was really great that they showed that. It, it, it has, isn't just she was physically trapped, she was mentally trapped. Yeah. And she says something in the mirror like, oh, I see a strong, confident young woman. Oh, look, you're here too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like jokes, but like she probably actually means those things. Yeah. You know? But they sound enough like jokes to where Rapunzel wouldn't get um, mm -hmm. offended by them. Yeah. But as the audience were like, wow. <laughs> what a horrible right. person. So going back to Ada, going from this inexperienced, you know, leader who is on a sh not sure of herself and who, you know, th this is the thing with Rapunzel is that it has her goals and the whole film. Ultimately, it ends with her ruling, but that has nothing to do with the goal that she is trying to achieve, and um, we don't get to see her rule, and we don't get to see any of that. But with Ada, we actually do see the struggles that she faces, and, you know, being a princess is not all glitz and glam. Um, it's what? danger. You actually have to do work? Yeah. And, <sighs> and, she, and she has to ultimately save Flick's life at the end of the movie. Um, where she has to show that she has that show of bravery where she flies out across and faces the bird mm -hmm. and saves Flick from the bird. Which, I mean, it, 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 in our terms, it'd be like a, a dinosaur, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like saving somebody from a dinosaur. Like, imagine. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like what... It's a big deal, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and one interesting thing that i wanted to mention when flick comes back with who he thought were warriors to save the day um you know everyone is extremely disappointed in him and including ada is like you you know you're just wasting our time or or, or you know causing more issues dot's the only one who still believes in him but at that point it's kind of seems like everyone is down on on flick but even despite that, later on, a little bit later than that, when when the grasshoppers become a bigger problem and they they you know they come back to the ants, um, even with all the things that Flick has messed up, um, Ada still decides at this point it is the correct thing to kind of trust him because what else can we do? Right. You know, having to make a very grown up decision where you you don't really want to do it this way but you don't have a choice and this is the only it's got to work yeah and um the thing is ada never truly makes a mistake mm -hmm. she has to clean up flick's mistake right mm -hmm. and and that's the thing about you know when you're watching it as a kid you see her making a mistake and not trusting flick but i mean he's the one that caused the fuck up in the first place he's the reason why my everyone might die you know, mm -hmm. but it's his mistake that shifts everything and makes it so the grasshoppers are gone for good. And, you know, so it, it's obviously a change for the better. Yeah. But, you know, she's cleaning up his mess. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense that she would be like, look, man, you know, I can't keep doing this. Mm -hmm. um, the, you know, I have people to take care of. Yeah, she can't see the end result because she sees it as a failure. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not about you and me it's about these i mean millions potentially of ants we don't know we never see the entire yeah group so yeah all right okay judge how you feeling you did not make my decision easy all right <laughs> okay that's our that's our goal we never do yeah, yeah. we we're, we're yeah we're never very helpful <laughs> i mean at the end of the day, we're just trying to tell you why both of them are awesome. Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure they all get the individual attention they deserve. The case for Ada is that she's not looking after herself. She's looking for after everybody else in her colony. She's, af she's looking after everyone in her civilization. And so she's making choices that she maybe, if it was her herself she would make them differently but she's thinking about what's best for the colony which is noble for someone in her position rapunzel this is kind of the first time that she's been thinking for herself before she's 
before she was ever out of the castle, she was really thinking about the best ways to please her mother, the best things to preoccupy her time until her mom came back. You know, her story didn't really begin until she left the castle. And then afterwards, she started to have to deal with the fact that, oh, I'm a despicable human being who left my mom. Oh, wait a second. This feels really good being free. You know, there's a lot of complexities between that. So it's really not an easy choice. Personally, I think Rapunzel wins. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. That I mean, that was a really great point, Beck, that you made, you know, at us thinking about everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, Rapunzel is thinking about herself, but God, it's the first time she ever got to. Right. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, There, there's nothing wrong with that. People, no. it, it is important to think about yourself. Mm-hmm. In your own happiness. Your yeah. own dreams, your own goals. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Even if it's just to see the lights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a simple goal. That's all yeah. she knew. You know, if she had been able to go out and come back to the tower, like if Mother Gothel took her out sometimes, maybe her goals would have been different. She saw the lights the one time or whatever, and then she's like, oh, well, now my next goal is whatever. <laughs> yeah. But but having that all be all she knew, it was like her driving force. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. I know know it was really hard for you to make these choices. Uh, I grew up with Becky. Well, I guess she really grew up with me. (laughs) Mm. Um, (laughs) I used to make recordings with her all the time when we were kids. I still have them. Uh, Maybe someday I'll play them for you guys. Uh, Becky was (laughs) a lot more animated when she was uh, nine years old. Um, (laughs) Uh, <laughs> though she sounds a little about the same, you know. Really? Well, I don't know. A little different, but yeah. I I wouldn't know. <laughs> I don't really like to listen to my own voice. Oh well, then I'll just play. I'll play this when we're, when we're done. Oh, please don't. <laughs> um, I actually have five siblings, and Becky is the baby of the family. Oh, yeah, I know. She's so cute. Um, but yeah, she's awesome and successful, and she's got a great job. And also, we were thinking maybe we should plug another podcast. Yeah. Um, our dear friend. Joseph (laughs) Joseph Polly, he held a giveaway with um, Spider-Man Into the Uh Spider-Verse, and we won it, and he's so gracefully sending it to us, which is incredible. I'm really excited about it. I'm going to force my husband to watch it. Well, not really force. He wanted to see it, but, you know, seizures. Anyway. (laughs) um, So hyped. (laughs) We would like to, you know, if you guys like our podcast, uh, you know, Maybe you could also check out Expert in Nothing. Uh, that's Joseph Polly's podcast. It's available on iTunes and Spotify. Um, uh, he uh, likes to talk with different people about pop culture, life, news, all kinds of different stuff. It's a great podcast. I've listened to it. I really like it. Um, I think that he's doing a great job, and I really appreciate that he did a giveaway because I'm really excited to get that movie. So thank you so much, Joseph. One more time, it's Expert in Nothing. So iTunes, Spotify, check it out. Sweet. Thank you so much. Check it out. All right. And thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, one more round until we get to the top We're princess done. of all time. Get excited. Which is We're factual. almost there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, and thanks again to our guest for being here. We really appreciate you taking the time to, to do this with us. She was hungry. She was tired. Yeah. She came back from work. So, But it's yeah. been great. Thank you yeah. for listening. Uh, be ready for the next one. Uh, it'll be really exciting to see who wins. Woo! Um, uh, follow us on Instagram, uh, Black Hay Diaries Podcast, um, and on Twitter, at Black Haste Diary. And then check out our new website, woohoo, uh, blackcase diary, blackcasediaries.com. Oh, I didn't um, know you have it, a website. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's brand new. It's official and it's awesome. Check it out. That's you can, nice. You can find all of the episodes there too if you want. Can I buy a t shirt from there? Uh, no. <laughs> we'll, not, make you, we'll make you one though. Not quite yet. One we'll day. One day we will. <laughs> we're, we're, we're working we'll, on some other stuff, some interesting yeah. stuff in the future coming down the pipes so 
uh, be prepared. Like I said, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can get all of the the up to date news on the on what we're doing there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And thanks again to Podcoin. Yes. Um, go check out that app. It is really cool. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks again for yeah. listening, everybody. Another case closed. Yeah, we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. So who's your last person? <laughs> Bye. Bye. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>